Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And away we go. Welcome into the Sunday Smash. What's up, everybody? There's Ira. You're looking forlorn, Ira. Aren't Baltimore's up, right? Uh, I'm, uh, no. Am I muted? Are we good? No, I can hear you. I was frozen up a little bit, but I uh, know Baltimore's oh, not there up. There he goes. Now we're good. Now we're good. Baltimore's up, aren't they? Incorrect. No, it's they're incorrect. not. They're not. Dude, it was four to yeah. nine. I, I, you guys were. Oh man, this was not a dick move on my part. I really thought you guys. <laughs> Come on, man. They were down ten to two. No, no, no. You were up two to nothing in the first. It's the last time yes. I saw the game. Yeah, then um, it was ten to two. I didn't watch any of that game. I, uh, I saw you guys up two to nothing. I saw you were wearing the hat. I assumed that you were wearing the hat because you were excited about where they were. I apologize. What a rocky start. Down, to, I think ten to five. 10 to five right now, buddy. So you're coming back, buddy. You're coming back. Um, so am I hanging up? Yeah. Is my internet messed up? I can hear you fine now. I did in the beginning. You good? Yeah, I'm fine. If you can hear me. Can hear you fine. No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. No, I screwed it up. I, I'm like Mario Cristobal over here just butchering stuff. My yeah. apologies. I, I saw two to nothing. I was like, oh, the Orioles are good today. And then I started watching football. So I no, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Florida State. We're not gonna uh, <laughs> bore people with the hey, By the time. way, by the way, just because you know this and it's true, baseball is cruel, Ira. Baseball is crazy cruel. And I will cheers you because I've been where you are right now. The Pirates were in an awful place for a hundred years. They got good and they lost in each of their playoff appearances. So hey, yeah. if it happens, I apologize. It's and all I'm good. rooting it's all for good. you guys. I'm rooting for Baltimore to win the whole damn thing. So just so you know. It'll be a great story at this point. At this point, it would be. All right. So everybody's going to want us to start with this. The news that's breaking is that Winston Wright is not on the team. And Ira, normally, like, we're kind of – we lay back and have fun on a Sunday smash and shoot the breeze. But what can you tell us? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot more than that that he's not uh, with the program anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, it stinks from a big picture standpoint, from the standpoint of, you know, what they've invested in Winston Wright, what he's invested in Florida State. You know, when he transferred to Florida State at the end of the 2021 season, he was West Virginia's top receiver. Yep. Uh, Florida State thought he was going to be their top receiver in 2022. Then he had the terrible car accident, and then he goes into basically a year of recovery and rehab to get back to where he can play again. And uh, you know, I think it really impressed a lot of his teammates and the coaches and, 
got back out there this spring and, 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 you know, didn't look like he did before, but was getting back and then uh, kept showing progress in the summer and then the preseason. And, you know, he caught four passes this season. It wasn't like he, he never got back on the field again, but it felt like, you know, uh, you know, I think Destin Hill, it felt like he kind of passed him going into the season. They were listed as co-starters and Destin Hill, I think had probably getting more of the reps. And then now Ja'Kai Douglas comes back from his injury and I'm guessing, I mean, again, I don't know the information, but it seems like the timing fits with where, okay, this is my last year of college football, and now I'm behind, you know, maybe two other guys. So so it could be it could be a situation where it's his choice or it could have been something else. I don't have the details. I just know he's not lo- no longer with the team. It's not a huge blow to Florida State, obviously. He was probably, I don't know, at this point, maybe your seventh or eighth receiving option. Um, but – you know, it's, it stinks from the standpoint of it's been a year and a half to get him to the point where he can play football again. And, and now he's not with the team anymore. Yeah. And let me just say this. Um, un, it, we were all rooting. I think everybody was fans and media alike. We're rooting for Winston Wright to make it like that story is a sad story. Um, that's a guy that was going to come in here and do big things. Car accident, as you said, yeah. not his fault. People don't always recover and get back to what they were. Bottom line is, I do think he got passed over, and he was not going to be a big part of what this team does moving forward. That's really hard to take for the person. Um, it, it may be one of these things where it's nobody's fault. It's just unfortunate. And I think everybody could agree that it's just unfortunate. Yeah, and, you know, and again, I think from everything we had heard over the last year and a half, he was a good, you know, good teammate. Uh, people in the program liked him. Uh, you know, I think they yeah. were all rooting for him. So it's not a situation where like it's good riddance. Um, but you know, in the cold, hard world of college football, when yeah. something like this happens, everybody's first question is, okay, what does this mean for our team? And realistically, it's not a, it's not, it much doesn't a, mean anything. It doesn't, it's not much of a blow for this team. And you just hope that maybe he finds, um, another place to play. Um, and maybe that's what it's about. Maybe he'll he'll get another opportunity to finish his career. Maybe to sometime. answer uh, Briley's question, he says in the chat, why leave the team midseason? That's frustration, and we can't know that, but I think it is just probably frustration. And, um, you know, guys ask questions about their usage. Guys ask questions about what they're going to do, and the next thing you know, if, if they don't get the answers that they like, who knows? So you just wish them the best and you move forward. Um, let's get to it, Ira. I think the main story tonight, without question, is what happened against Miami. And we should spend the next hour talking about Georgia Tech Miami. I mean, why would we not spend all of our time making fun of Miami? Because we have an opportunity to make fun of Miami yet again. This is – so, Ira, I'm going to ask you this. (laughs) This is funny already. Ben's got memes. Ben's got memes. Ben's got memes. Yeah, it's good. Um, So (laughs) – I'm still laughing. I'm looking at these games. So, so I've got to ask you, were you watching when it went down? Oh, I definitely was watching. Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching as well and I was tired, but at the same time that that was going down, I was watching Arizona clearly make it obvious that they were going to give USC a problem. I'm watching Colorado and Arizona state in the end of that game and thinking, Oh man, this is crazy. But then I see Miami kind of gain control of the game. It was a weird game. They had 400-plus yards. Georgia Tech had 120-something yards. You're kind of watching that going, all right. But then it it becomes obvious, like, oh, this is a thing. This is happening. 
And I thought, what's worse? And then I realized it's not even a question. We were thinking back on the Jacksonville State debacle and not being, you know, in a prevent or not taking a knee. And the answer is not taking a knee. It's not even close. Like, this is as bad. This is coaching malpractice. You could very well lose your team over this. He may have just cost himself long-term the job at Miami. It was funny. I was watching it. Uh, actually, Kim, I was, I'd gotten home from the Florida State game and what, I was watching the games and Kim was just kind of hanging out and she hasn't watched college football a whole lot. But this is one of those where I thought her perspective was pretty funny. And I think a lot of FSU fans will appreciate it because we're sitting there. And after it happened, I just kind of looked to her at one point and I'm like, as he's running the ball, was it, was it Hasselbeck that was doing the game? I think, I think. Oh, yeah. I think, Hasselbeck said, what are you doing? And he kept saying it ever. And so I said to her, I said, do you realize what, what they're doing, how dumb this is? And she's yeah. like, well, I just heard what he said. I said, yeah, this is crazy. And then he fumbles. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then they score. And Kim goes, could you get fired for that? Yes. And I said, well, I said, well, you could. Except that he has a 10-year, $80, $80 million contract. And she goes, oh, it's a Willie situation. And <laughs> I thought that was really funny. So, um, so think about how stuck they are. There's no way they can fire him. And two. they now have overwhelming evidence that he's incompetent. Can you imagine being in that situation, Ira? Honestly, knowing that you hired a guy because he's one of your own that is overwhelmingly incompetent in game, and you have all the evidence you need to prove that, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's brutal, man. And then on top of that, because like you said, you know, the question about losing your team is, you know, it's you gotta earn that it's hard to earn that trust back. You know, the players are not idiots. Like the offensive linemen, they show on the sideline Weeping. and he's like, Why are we why running are we the running? ball? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, again, like players don't know everything, just like fans and media, like we don't always know everything that's yeah, you know, what goes into every decision, but we all know that that was a moronic decision. And it also speaks to man, that coaching staff. And you know, some of the things you heard about Mario Cristobal over the last year or two since he's been there is about how difficult he is to work with, how ridiculously demanding he is of certain staff members, things like that. And then you get into a situation like that. He fired seven assistant coaches after his first season. And then you hear, you see a situation like that where nobody on the staff had the guts to say, Hey Mario, what are we doing here? That's a, that to me, that's, that's indicative of, of a, not a staff where people feel like they can say what they because so those point. other coaches had to know. I mean, it's a really good point you're making, Ira. Just to like all the Schadenfreude aside, all the laughter that we could have at his expense, and we will. How awesome it was to watch Miami lose at home on a BOGO night. You know, the whole thing is it's awesome. But seriously, throwing all that out the window, I called a friend of mine who works in college football and a guy that's coached in college football. And I said, listen, I played one year of college football. I've been around the game for a long time, but I don't know what the hierarchy is as, as, as it relates to what you're allowed to do on the headset. Mm -hmm. So my thought was, cause I, you know, I don't know what you're allowed to do on the headset. Now I will tell you, and this is kind of weird. It's not the same thing, but wearing the headset for the spring game that year, I got to hear how the communication works. I got to hear how the head coach communicates with the offensive coordinator, communicates with the defense coordinator. 
communicates with all the other assistants because they all have headsets on, right? Mm -hmm. And what I learned was that only two or three guys really have a place on the mic. They're not, everybody else shuts up, right. whether they have a headset or not. There's a hierarchy. And so the offense coordinator and the defense coordinator, and of course, like the assistant head coach or whatever, can say whatever it is that they're thinking. Like they can, they can weigh in. Hey, can we get so-and-so in the game? Hey, can we get so-and-so out of the game? Can we run this play? I'd like to see what we're going to run here. So what I realized after calling my friend was basically one or two guys that are part of that staff could have said to Mario before that play, hey, we don't need to run the ball here. What are we doing? There's no reason to run the ball here. Take a knee. And you're right. The fact that nobody did that, Ira, that nobody said to Mario Cristobal, what are you doing? Because there's a theory that he was trying to get that kid 100 yards rushing. Man. There's a theory that he thought they had a timeout, which makes him incompetent. You're well, allowed just to a, ask the ref. You're allowed the, to look at the scoreboard. Like, there's well, no reason. Well, and then the thing where he goes in his press conference where he says, we should have called the timeout and recalibrated. Recalibrated is what, <laughs> what do you have to recalibrate? You are on a headset. You have a microphone. You there's can no tell recalibration, sir. Hey, kneel on the ball. That's all. That was the recalibration you needed. So, Ira, if you're the head coach and I'm the OC or whatever, I'm just like the game day control guy, and I get how hectic it is for you to be doing all these things at once and that maybe something slipped through the web, I'm going to say to you, as a loyal employee who you're paying handsomely, Ira, Ira, hey, man, don't get mad. We don't have to run a play. Neil, Neil. The math is on our side. Just kneel. And if you get mad at me for usurping my authority, you can get mad at me. But I'm not going to let you run that play. I'm going to say, Ira, Ira, we don't have to run the play. So I don't, I don't know how that didn't happen. It's crazy. And then, and then in the press conference when he talks about the kid needing to put two hands on the ball. Oh, you dick! Don't Mario, do that. What are you doing? Don't what do are you that. Doing? We talk about two hands on the ball. Oh, man, can we talk about taking a knee? <laughs> I mean, what? Now, listen, by the way, out of curiosity, your thoughts on this. He's down, right? Oh, he's definitely down. But what are you going to do? The replay wasn't quite conclusive. No, no, I'm not, I'm not mad. I think yeah. it's awesome that they screwed no, he was worse. Down, for sure. Yeah, but he's down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was – I thought to myself, and I almost tweeted during the replay, like Florida – or Miami deserves to lose this game. But they're probably not going to because they're going to reverse that. But then even after that, like the best thing about sports is even after that happens and then even after the replay doesn't overturn it, which it probably should have, but they didn't have a great angle, whatever. The fact that their quarterback, who hadn't thrown for a lick the entire day. <laughs> I mean, what are you? And then the, the last, the touchdown pass where the safety number five is flying up. Um, it was like, where are you going? Oh, also, no. by the way, how great is it that their fans are throwing bottles, oh, at bottles. Like as he's going, as he's scoring? <laughs> like they're seeing the play develop and they're already chucking bottles. <laughs> it is one of the great moments uh, in college football history. <laughs> oh my God. And where you started this whole thing. I mean, that's kind of the, 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 the where this is so much worse than anything that you can even, it's hard to even describe how bad it is. The fact that they went all in for Mario, you know, for since, since 
shoot, I don't know. I guess, uh, I mean, for the last 20 years, 25 years, from the time they hired Coker, Larry Coker, and they promoted Larry Coker till Mario, there was kind of a feeling that Miami wasn't all in on football. Like they wouldn't, you know, pay a high priced coach. They would, even when they got Mark Richt, he was kind of sort of on the, ha- the scrap heap from Georgia. Like yeah. the question was, is Miami, how committed is Miami? And then they went to all these donors a year and a half ago, two years ago, and said, look, we can get Mario Cristobal. We can get a really good staff. We can give him all these analysts. We can build up our NIL coffers. It's not just the one guy, Ruiz. It's They've got other people investing money in NIL. And we can make it happen now. But now they sit here to the point you just made, and now they come to this realization and find out he had the same thing happen to him at Oregon. Dude. It didn't learn from it. That's got to be just crushing. I remember the Oregon-Stanford game. I, I didn't. Still re- oh, see, I still remember it. I said it last night while I was watching the TV. I go, he did this against Stanford. <laughs> like, that can never happen. That can never happen. I get that fans like to think that we could coach. Right. And we can't. There's a lot of stuff that goes into coaching that we could never even imagine. But I will tell you that all of us would have gotten that right. All of us would have gotten that. If you plopped Ira Chaffel, Jeff Cameron, Larry Smith, John Jones, Briley, Florida Man in Texas, whomever, you plop them down and say, hey, what do you do here? We all would have taken an E. I mean, it's just crazy. Every one of us. So how does that happen? And you're getting paid that much. All right, so to Florida State, let's talk Florida State. And so just quickly, this is the weirdest year of college football since 2007, Ira. I don't think there's a great team anywhere out there. I do think Georgia just reasserted themselves as the best team in football. Mm -hmm. But basically, what you now have is a free-for-all for this top four. And admittedly, you know, this team frustrates me. They're not perfect. They've got a lot of flaws. But just keep winning. And they are probably going to just keep winning. I think they're going to beat the bejesus out of Syracuse next Saturday. I think that team's done. I think they're always done. They always start 3-0, and 4-0 against terrible teams. And then they get exposed. And then you get their ass kicked again. That's going to happen this weekend. Florida State's going to kill Syracuse. I'll tell you that right now. And I just think Florida State's going to keep winning games. And despite whatever inability that they have to put together four quarters of good football, it may not matter. It could really be a why not us situation. Just get into the final four. And Florida State has a great chance to get into the final four. Yeah, I mean, when you watch some of these other games, I mean, and again, Southern Cal, we, we knew they were going to be flawed defensively. But their, their offense for stretches hasn't looked like what we thought it was going to look like. Uh, from the second half of the Colorado game – that whole game against Arizona, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, Arizona gave them everything they wanted, probably could have, maybe should have. I don't, I, I'll never understand why these coaches, in the first overtime, to me it should be like a cardinal rule. If you get the ball second and the other team scores a touchdown and kicks the extra point in the first overtime, you got to go for two. Well, especially you're, if you're the lesser team. Definitely if you're the lesser team. If yeah. you're the much superior team, then yeah. sure, let's sure. extend it. Yeah. But if you're the lesser team at all, and even if it's equal, I might say go for two because you're going to have to go for two the next time anyway, unless yeah. you no, feel like you've got a go great for, defense. When you're the lesser team by far, always go for two. They should have gone for two. It really makes me mad. Um, 
But that USC team is down at number 10 now. They, they, they're, right. They've been exposed. People don't believe in them. But it's, you know, you look at Oklahoma. Yeah, they beat Texas, but they're not, you know, they don't. They're not dominant. No. That's a great win for Oklahoma, and he's done a great job in year two. But, yeah, they're flawed. They're flawed, flawed the same way that Florida State's flawed. So um, right now, Georgia and Michigan, I guess, look like the, Michigan's the two played most dominant. Nobody, right. nobody. Now, I I will tell you personally, I think Michigan's a problem. Uh, I think they've got something going there. I think they'll run the ball on almost anybody. But if we're just going by resume, they've played nobody. So why not us? You know, I guess the way I would say it to Florida State fans and my fellow alum and and diehard Knowles, listen, Florida State is not, in my mind, a national championship team. I think they've got – They've got some problems, but I will tell you that they're not any worse off than anybody else. Maybe not named Georgia. You know, like I, I, they can get to the final four. They can get there. And if you get there, Ira, you can win. Yeah. And I also think it's almost like, so what do you, what do you want the regular season to be? Do you want it to be just 13 ass kickings? And I'm sure that would be great. And that would, or 12 ass kickings in an AC championship game game. And that would be more fun for sure. No question. But if the goal is to get to the playoff and then win the playoff, well, as long as you keep winning and keep getting better, then that's there for you. Like that is the goal. Nothing has changed. Florida State can, you know, again, like you said, I mean, Florida State, they would have to play much worse than they played at any point this season, other than maybe like the second half against Boston College or two middle quarters against Boston College for them to lose to Syracuse. Um, oh, they're not going to lose to Syracuse. They, I'm saying they like they would, it would have to be a debacle. It would have yeah. to be a debacle. Yeah. You like their chances against Duke. You like their chances against Wake Forest. I mean, so as long as they keep getting better, there's not a ton of risk. I mean, I think that's the argument people would make is, oh, well, we're going to, we're not going to play a complete game. We're going to lose. Well, you probably have three or four more weeks before that's a real danger. As long right. as you don't play terribly. So yeah, keep getting better. And I thought this week, I thought other than that second quarter, and that was a weird quarter. You know, I thought they looked better overall. I just always think there's something that is weird about us. We're never, you know, I, if I'll take on the role of as, a, as a fan here, I'll just say I think that we're broken in some ways and we're also really good in a lot of other ways. And I just, it's a weird team to watch. They've still not put together four quarters. Right. We just have not seen it. But it doesn't mean that they're bad. I don't think they're bad. I struggle with how to categorize this team. Like on the one hand, I think they're probably a lot better than they've played and they're five and oh, on the other hand, I think they're not great in some areas and that could be exposed. But then again, when I look at the landscape and we keep talking about this, there's only one or two teams that might expose that. So just keep winning. Yeah. I heard uh, actually Kirby a week or two ago, I was listening to him in one of his interviews or press conferences and he was saying that he was asked a question about college football, the state of college football. And he said, I, just my, my opinion, it's not as good as it was. I don't know what he's, and he said, he's, I can't tell you why I'm not going to tell you it's because of the portal or because of, right. you know, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know why it is. He said, when I look around at the quality of play around college football, even the SEC, it's just not, it's just not what it was. So that's good for Florida state. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you, Hey, Ira, they've won 11 games in a row. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. 
I get that my harping on some of the weaknesses of this team in some ways is ignoring all of the weaknesses of all the other teams. You know, like if I do that, if I, I just want us to be great. And I think the potential for Florida state to be great is there. They just never put it together for a full but, game. And I thought but, yesterday they were going to dude, 22 to nothing. Yeah. They look so dominant. They were so good. That game, Ira, you knew that game was over in five minutes. The way they came out, they were really polished. They looked great. And then they, they screw it up a little bit in the second quarter, and then they go bad for a good, like, 18 minutes of football. And it's weird to watch that happen with them. It was also, you know, there were some weird circumstances involved there. Oh, they got screwed. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, I will, you know, I push back on this all the time. Nope. And I disagreed with Tom last week. He went on and on and on about the calls against Clemson. And I, I was like, whatever, man. A uh, holdings of you problem. Mickey Andrews right. is right. You know, whatever. But what happened yesterday is criminal. And they cannot do that. That is wrong. First of all, that's not roughing the passer. It's nothing close to roughing the passer. There's not a single element of that play that is roughing the passer. Not one. And the reason I bring that play up is because if you don't call roughing the passer on Byron Turner right there, that's an interception. One of the great athletic plays you've seen in a long time interception Florida state's going to go down and make it 29 to nothing at the end of that game. It's going to be 66 to 10. Right. So you robbed Florida state of doing what they were about to do by, by allowing that to happen. That said, if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't checked the game log, but I think I remember this Ira that ends up being a 16 play drive in which Virginia tech takes up the entire quarter. You gotta be better than that. Yeah, and there was, you know, a bunch of third and fours that became fourth and ones and then got converted. I think they might have converted. The big dude running the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. several four downs in that in that se- sequence. Three, three of them. Yeah. And um yeah, so none of that's good. And they also had put in this isn't an excuse, but they had put in a lot of second team guys for that drive and and I don't know why. You can make yeah, you can argue that hey, maybe don't do that until the game's a little bit more uh decided. But but regardless, it's uh you know, at the end of the day, like you look at this team and I think you're, you know, like you said, they're in very good, very good shape. I guess my, I would push back a little bit on the people who think this should be a team that looks like the 2013 team. Oh, well, because no, they're that's, not, not that's not what they are. No, by the like, way, that 2013, I'm going to say it definitively, Ira, that 2013 team would beat this team by 30. <laughs> I don't know about 30, but I, it was, I think uh, they would. I think they, they would. would they would beat them nine out of ten times for well, sure. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a close game. Um, but, yeah. but but my point is like you want that dominance, but that's not that's not who this team is. Like they're not that team. And right. with this, and you know, if you go back to re- the to the construction of this football team, how you go from where they were two years ago to where they are today yeah. was heavily in the transfer portal. But again, these were not all superstar, five-star guys that you got from Georgia and Michigan and uh, Ohio State. I mean, a lot of these guys were picked off of UTEP and Lamar and, you know, I mean, these schools shorter. And, you know, so, I mean, it's not like this is an all-star team. It's so much better than what it was. And because it's so experienced and because it's deep, you should win most of these games and you might win them all. But it's not – I don't think it's constructed to be an unbelievable team. 
Yeah, and I think that's a good point you're making. I, I, I think I have to remind myself of that, by the way. I, I think that they're a good team. He's gone from a team that won five games that really would not compete with the best teams in the country to a team that could win 12 games and would compete with the best teams in the country. I mean, that's the best way of saying it, right? right? Like, think about it. They would compete against any of these teams. Like, they, if they played Ohio State tomorrow, that'd be a good game. If they played Michigan tomorrow, that'd be a good game. If but, they, like, yeah, I agree yeah. 100%. But, like, think about just a couple of key positions in uh, some of the comments in chat. I think people are on the same page with us. Think about, like, so you went out and got Tatum Bethune at linebacker. And, I, you know, I know he didn't really play yesterday. But he's become, you know, one of your, your best starting lineup for, linebacker for the last two years. Was the second-leading tackler last year behind Jamie Robinson. Might end up being your leading tackler this season. You got him from UCF. You didn't get him. And so you're playing against a Clemson team yeah. that has two NFL star linebackers. Five-star kids that they recruited out of high school. So that's just that part of it is, you know, and, and this isn't like downplaying or excusing the coaching or anything like that. But I think we all just have to check ourselves about the overall, like, true talent. Yeah, it's, it's a weird – like, I feel like you and I have come to an agreement on this. Like, we've been yeah. at odds for much of the year, and now we've kind of come on into an agreement on this. Like, I, I've i said for a while that once I recognize that Florida State is a playoff contender or has a chance to do something special, I now hold them to a standard of being special. And they're not special. They're good. They happen to be good at the right time. Because not only did you get momentum and people investing back into the program, that was a great crowd yesterday. I was in the stands yesterday. It was awesome. Looked awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And they were loud. Ira, it was good, man. It felt good to be there again. You know, like I was there with my kids. I had a blast. And they frustrate me. I want them to be great. I think they're good. But I don't think anybody's great this year. Maybe Georgia is. If they're, if they're going to start doing that, then they're going to be a problem. But bottom line is, like, Florida State's not any worse off than the rest of the teams vying for the college football playoff. And to go from where they were at 5-7 and seven, and to really be in desperate need of having a positive season like they had last year, to being a team now that we nitpick about how good is their good. And they've won 11 straight games. They've won like, 11 straight games. We're, we're, we're creep, they might be there. We're right around a calendar year. It's been a calendar year since Florida State lost a football game. Yeah, and that's, and, and that's that's huge because it you, and you do have to recognize that. Like I understand that I have to recognize that. At the same time, I I I do feel a need to be fair and honest with everybody and say like, do I think this team's the best team in the country? I don't. Um, but do I think that they're good? Yes, I think they're good, and I think they can be better than they. And I think right. Mike believes they're going to be better. I. You can see it in Mike, the way he talks to you guys in the press conferences afterwards. Like, he's frustrated, but he's happy. He's both. Like, I thought that was interesting yesterday watching him. And, and oh, by the way, he was right. Like, I I don't bring this up. Go back and check the tape, everybody. I don't bring up this stuff about officiating very often. That was nonsense. <laughs> that was nonsense, man. We got to stop that. You cannot – and that happened across college football yesterday where you could not hit a quarterback. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? They play the game. They're part of the game. That's not roughing the passer. It's just not. Well, it was, I can't remember what game it was last week where they threw a kid out for targeting when he hit somebody in, a, in their thigh with his helmet. Like, I know you're not supposed to use the crown on the helmet, and I know you want to get that out of the game, 
but he wasn't trying to use the crown of his helmet on the kid's thigh. It's just how it would happen in the course of a football play. Yeah, um, and I just in Ira, I think we've gone too far, and you know, God, you can extrapolate that. But I, I just, it's so frustrating. Look, the bottom line is this game is played very, very fast, and it's played very, very uh, violently. Um, and that's the game. The game is violence. The game is speed and violence. It's toughness. It's aggressiveness. And that's why you're wearing a helmet because it is dangerous. You know, it'd be like asking a NASCAR driver, can you drive 70? Mm-hmm. Like the, the answer is no. Like well, this is our game. This is what we do. We race. And, we go 200 miles per hour and it's and dangerous. You, and you think about the play last week with Kalen Deloach against Clemson or two weeks ago against Clemson where Kalen Deloach, he separates the ball from the quarterback because he's running full speed Early. and projects himself into the guy runs through him that separates the ball. So that's what you're doing. Like if there's a pass over the middle, that's what you're doing. You're trying to separate them from the ball. So, you know, that's, so that is part of the game. What also bothers me about officiating though, the officiating overall, and and I tweeted about it, Dino Babers, I don't know if Syracuse got bludgeoned by North Carolina, but there was a play early in that game where they, I think North Carolina ran a fake punt. Yeah. And they, the, the line they had to get to was the 42 yard line. Dino says he was standing right there and it didn't look like the kid got there, but they automatically without measuring because college football, whatever, we don't, do ever, we don't ever measure anymore. As soon as the play, they're just telling the change. Anyway, if you got close yeah, enough. Ira, I'm glad you're bringing this up. I didn't see Dino Babers thing and I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Why did that fourth down that, that they went for, for Virginia? He didn't get it. Corey he and I were talking about it. it in the press box. They just, they, they just immediately, if you get close, they just start waving. Dude, he did and, not get it. He yeah. did not get it. I went back and watched it. He didn't get it. It's not close. And so, and then, you know, conversely, on the, the long run on fourth and 22, the Virginia Tech coach thought that it, it, he might have gotten it. And they, they, it didn't seem like they really reviewed it. But anyway, the Dino Babers thing, what was so infuriating for him, and I don't, I'm not even a Dino Babers fan, but I just, uh, can, I understand where he's coming from, was he's yelling at the ref. He's like, he didn't get there. He didn't get there. And they're like, oh, we already reviewed it. It's already been reviewed. He's and he's like, well, I want to challenge it. And they're like, don't challenge it. It's already been reviewed. He made it. So then he was like, I don't care. I'm challenging it because I want it on the record. Because I I was standing there and I saw where it didn't go. So he challenges it. Then they come back and they say, oh well, uh, we didn't have a good angle from the TV camera. Always right. Why did you tell me that you reviewed it and it confirmed it? Well, so that's the thing that's so infuriating is they're they're so like so adamant that their call was right. Yeah. And then even when they're proven it wasn't right, they, they want to deny it. And it's like, man, just get the call right. It's about, it's not about you guys and whether or not your call stands. It's about getting the game right for the people that are competing. It's infuriating. It is infuriating. And uh, there, there is a problem with officiating right now, just in general. I, I don't know that football knows what it wants to be. And they've tried really hard to regulate things and legislate things that uh, just listen, we got to accept that there's a certain level of violence to this game. And people sign waivers and people understand the deal. Like, I remember getting physicals every year and going out and playing and understanding. Like, my parents had to sign the deal. My kids currently play football. Uh, I've signed all kinds of things saying that I understand they could get hurt. You know, that's that like that's the game and you cannot. And I hate blaming refs because I think it's a hard job. Like there's really if you've ever been at field level and I know you have Ira, but if you've ever been at field level and you watch these guys, these athletes are the best athletes in the world, along with the NBA. And it's crazy to see what they do in such a short period of time. And the violence and the speed is nuts. 
So you're going to miss some things. You're, you're going to miss some things, and I, I'll forgive him for that. But our efforts to ensure the safety of certain players regarding hits, they've gone too far. And football is a game about hitting. It is a game about violence. It is a game about intimidation. It is a game about sticking your head in there and being courageous. And as soon as you take that away and you make a defensive player have to think about what they're doing as they come up and tackle, you're dead in the water. Because I, I've got to play like a bat out of hell. I had a coach tell me one time, we were doing Oklahoma drills, Ira, and I was very young. It was, I was in eighth grade. And I was kind of scared to get in there because it was a bigger kid who right. was about to kill me. I mean, I knew he was going to kill me. And we do these Oklahoma drills, and we had two guys laying flat on their back, and I was the ball carrier. And these two guys get up, and he threw him aside, and he's, you know, 50 pounds more than me, and I'm supposed to run through these pylons. So I get drilled, and I get up, whatever, and I hand the ball to the coach, and he pulls me aside, and he says, listen, you're always going to have to understand this about football. It is violent, but you give what you get. You have to exert your energy back into him so that you don't receive all of his energy. You have to give some back. And it's the only way you can protect yourself. So the, why do I bring that up? Well, I bring that up because all players are always going to go at full speed. And if you go at full speed, you do not have time to think about, is my head positioned just right? Am I landing on this guy in a way that's fair to the, you know, you can't do that to guys. To say that Byron Turner landed on him is the dumbest ass thing I have ever heard. Like, what's he supposed to do? I heard and you and talk about it afterwards. Like, well, look, is he supposed to do a somersault? Exactly. Or just fly sideways. Yeah. The other thing is, and in, in just watching the way that the referee listened to Mike Norvell, because Norvell was killing him oh, during I saw that it. break. He was insane. Yeah. And, and the guy just wore it. Like, he did. He just nodded his head. Like, he knew. Because there was like three or four calls in a row that went right. against him. Calls or non-calls. Hey, real quick. We got so quickly into the Miami stuff, making fun of uh, Mario. We did not talk. We didn't talk about Russ Voris. Yes. Yeah, and that's my fault completely because I got so excited. Sorry. And I butchered the beginning because I thought the Orioles won. <laughs> I apologize. I assumed I saw the head. I was like, I was just pumped, and I screwed it up. Hey, Russ Voorhees is the uh, is the sponsor here. Voorhees is awesome, and we thank Russ. And I apologize to you, Russ, if you're watching right now. I screwed up the celebration of your sponsorship and, uh, and our appreciation of it. Ben, fire it up, baby. Contact Russ Boris for an auto quote today. You know what they need to have? You know what they need to have in college football? For, it would be perfect for Mario Cristobal. Could he get bad decision insurance? Like, could he hire Russ to, like, give him a mulligan when he may, like, if he, if he just pays Russ a certain amount per game, puts it in the kitty as insurance, like, hey, if you just don't kneel on the ball, all right, we're going to file that claim for you. And I think Russ would take care of him. Russ could come through. Maybe it's a new industry for us, a little college football coaching insurance. Dude, and Russ, if you're in town anytime in the near future, I owe you a beer because I just totally blew past uh, mentioning uh, your sponsorship because I'm a jerk. And I was so excited to talk about Miami screwing things up. So I just blew it. But uh, thank well, you, Russ. You, everybody watching, you can do us a solid. Make it up to him by checking out his website, russvorhis.com. And uh, finding out the information, he represents uh, clients throughout the Southeast, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. He's got two offices over in the Jacksonville area. So if you live in that part of the state, you can go by and swing by and talk to him in person 
or you can check out their website. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant. So what do we think now? It's getting interesting. Um, You know, next week it's Syracuse. Ira, I really don't think that's a competitive game. I don't think Syracuse is very good. I think they're probably walking in here on the verge of packing it up. Uh, What are you looking forward to this week? And what should we, you know, obviously we got great coverage all week long. What do you want to pay attention to? Yeah, you know, it's. I'd like to see the running game, like, see some validation of what we saw. Beyond the um, big play, right? Yeah, yeah, because Saturday they ran for 280 yards, but so much of it was on big, big, big plays. Um, you know, Trey Benson on 200 yards on 11 carries. 11 carries. An <laughs> uh, 85-yarder, a 62-yarder. Uh, Tofili scored on a 28-yarder, 25, 28-yarder. Um, so, you know, I, again, like, you'd like to see – some more continuity there, but I, you know, from, from a standpoint of giving those guys confidence, that was big, but again, it wasn't like the Virginia tech's not a very good run defense. They're that they're, they're very not good run defense. They're awful. And, and so, you know, you don't know how much you really got out of that. So you want to see that. Um, it was good to see Robert Scott play some this week. You want to see how he comes through that from a health Akeem standpoint. Dent got in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Akeem Dent uh, played, played, played a lot, like how those guys came through it. That's all positive. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, Johnny got banged up, so you got to see him come back. So there's like a lot of little things. But, again, I think overall it's about just trying to play with focus and execute well, play with focus, play with that emotion, that energy we saw in the first quarter Yeah, as long as you can. Can you do it over four quarters? Because these, it's almost like the season's reverse. Like Florida State didn't – we lamented the fact that Florida State didn't get a preseason you know, like Georgia or Michigan or some of these yeah. teams that really front loaded with a bunch of teams they could get better on force. They didn't have that benefit, but that's what this month really could be, especially if Duke doesn't have their quarterback, this could be a chance now for you to really fine tune for that stretch run. Cause November, I mean, Miami, well, who knows what they're going to look like by then, but, but you know, going to Gainesville is going to be a challenge for without question. It will be. And, you know, Pitt doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like, but you know, again, you, you just want to keep getting better. Um, for the for December. So I think it's weird too because I think there are a lot of little pockets of times where we watch this team and they look really refined. Other times they look disjointed, convoluted, struggling to figure it out. And we just want to see them play four quarters of good football. Now, I don't mean to say that like if you dominate for three quarters and you put all the backups in, in the fourth right. quarter, I'm not going to count that against you. 
Um, I do think it's interesting. They are really efforting Ira to, to get uh, a couple of guys more reps. You're starting to see that on defense in particular. And I kind of like it. I mean, I, I listen, I think Hussey's going to be a star at right. some point. And that was an awesome hit, but I actually think it portends of who he is moving yeah. forward once he understands what they're doing. And then you and I have talked about the linebacker position for a long time. I think they got a dude, and they're trying to force feed it right now. Uh, he didn't have a great day yesterday, but I, I think they're trying to get him out there, and they're getting closer and closer to just deciding to play some of the upper crust freshmen. Yeah, and you know, and in that comment, Ben, if you could put that comment back up there that you just had up from Joseph, he said I was a little disappointed in the defense and some of the tackling in lane integrity. That was kind of the weird thing about that game. Also, was that there were moments where Jared Verse and Patrick Payton looked incredible, looked like shot out of a cannon, and Verse gets the two sacks. Um, there were a, a couple plays for the other defensive linemen, but then there were other plays where you know it wasn't you know the consistency wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and so that that is a that part of it is when you when you're debating whether how good could this team be, well, that's not a talent issue. Um, you know, can you do your job? Can you stay in your gap? Can you control your 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 area? That's that's a little bit different. So it, it was a weird game to me in that there was like flashes of like great plays and then plays where you know just it didn't look as sharp. And I get when you're playing at Blake Nicholson and you're getting, you know, you're trying to get a kid a bunch of reps because you think down the line he's going to be really, really good. And he might look green. He might look bad a couple of times. And I get that you're trying to do it with some of the other guys too, but they're just not there yet. And so there is inconsistencies that are going to frustrate you. And it's also frustrating to see the veteran players do that. I just, I keep waiting for that day where we're talking to each other in a setting like this or, on a Monday JCS or some of the headlines, we're like, there it is. That's what they look like when they're all operating at peak efficiency. And, you know, maybe we'll be saying that all year long, but if we say that on our way to 12 and 0. <laughs> you give anything. Corey's big thing last night was he was, he was impressed by the fact that they did after they lost their, you know, focus, or whatever, and let yeah, Virginia 22 Tech to 17, you're like getting worried he felt like it was good. It was a good sign that they actually reversed that late in the game. Cause at Boston college, they didn't, they just kind of yeah. let the game, they let it bleed out to the end of the game. I don't know. I, I guess I buy into that, but I also think Trey Benson hit two long runs. So yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't buy into it. I, I'm okay. with you. I don't think they did that at all. I think they, they gashed a terrible run defense with an elite player who just made a play. Mm -hmm. Two really long run plays changed that game for good. Now, the argument is, well, they still have to make that play. Yeah, and they counted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I just think that, that those are basic calls, and he just made something incredible out of something that was just basic. And maybe he's capable of that. I don't think he does that against Georgia. I don't think he does it against Ohio State. I don't think he does it against Michigan. So you got to still find more consistency within the offense and balance. But, you know – I will say I've been begging for them to get this thing going. He had 200 yards rushing. I'm going to shut up. You know what I mean? What if next week he has 10 carries for 207? Are we doing the smash and I'm bitching about our run game? You know, like, what am I supposed to do? It, I do think from that standpoint, that can only be good for him. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, you know, again, he 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 didn't get off to a fast start last year, but but there were no expectations last year. This year, there were expectations, and he had, you know, in in the first four games, he had less than 200 yards total. Um, now, you know, Mike Norvell pointed out he did have 
think like three catches for 50 something yards at Clemson. Right, right, right. So he was a factor, but he just couldn't get the running game going. And um, the other, the only other, you know, the other big issue, I think that um, I, I haven't watched the game back. I just watched it when it was live. I haven't gone back to watch the, the replay yet, but um, you know, some of the offensive line issues, um, some of the pass protection issues, like that's a little disconcerting. Um yeah, well, I, I, I will tell you, I, I said in the pregame show, to your point, sorry I interrupted you, but you no, know, you're making the point, and I think it's true. I think we have to accept that this offensive line is not great. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, that's the way to say it. It's pretty good. It's not great. I don't think it would be um, a plus offensive line against a really good defensive line. I just don't think it will be. Um, I think we saw it play a good defensive line, and it wasn't. And I think if we see it play another good defensive line, it won't be. Is it good enough to go 12-0? and 0? It might be. It might be, and, and that's fine. Does it suck? No, no. Right. And they're not totally healthy yet. They're still not healthy. So, you know, can I see a Bless Harris at right and a Robert Scott at left and a healthy Maurice in the middle? Can I see that at some point this year? Because if I do, maybe, maybe, maybe they're better, right? But they haven't been that. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, like – there are certain, like some of them are limited in certain areas. Like Keandre Jones, I know people got excited about a couple of his blocks in that game Saturday and he did. I mean, if he gets his hands on somebody, that is a powerful, powerful dude. Big man. But the question is, can he do all the other things they want to do with their offensive lineman athletically? Yeah. I don't think um, so. Yeah. And then you've got some other guys maybe who are more athletic, but maybe um, are not as powerful. So it's just, a, I think they're still trying to figure out again. I think so much of that first month was just surviving winning those games, figuring out a way to win those, you know, three games on the road, basically, and, and two of them against a pretty big time competition. Now you've got this, you know, three or four weeks to, to really kind of get things better. So, so we'll see, maybe, maybe that'll continue to improve. I like, I mean, I, I still have confidence in Alex Atkins and that staff. Um, I think they can figure it out. Um, but to your point, yeah. What's the ceiling for this offensive line? It's not going to be a great offensive line. I mean, no, and I think at the end of the day, if we were going to pinpoint something that was going to be their downfall, like they're going to, like if they don't win the national championship, it means they're going to lose a game somewhere along the way. And if I had to guess why they were losing that game, I would guess the offensive line. I actually think that's actually going to be the problem. I think the other things can get better. I think they've got plenty of talent at wide receiver, plenty of talent at tight end. I don't think Jordan's been nearly as good as he was at the end of last year, so he still can get better. It's not been bad. He, yeah. he just hasn't been as good. Uh, it looked like he was finally healthy yesterday. That was nice to he see. Did. Um, running the ball with him changes everything. It really does change everything about who they are. Uh, but and I, he could have, you know, there's a couple of passes in that game. Jakai Douglas oh, where he gets interfered. Short on the yeah, pass. I mean, he's got to lead him there. That's a touchdown. He, he, he did leave it short, but it's also he hasn't played with Jakai. Jakai hasn't played in a month. Yeah. So, or actually two months. Jakai has been out since preseason. And Jakai still should have caught it. But, yeah, he should have caught it. But then the other one where he gets Jakai gets yanked from behind oh, man. the pass How do you interference. Miss that call, by the way. So that could, you know, right there, that could be 80, 90 yards on those two passes. Um, oh, without question. So, yeah, I was frustrated on the one that was short. I, you know, he's had it, a problem with that this year. Well, and he totally, I mean, it wasn't like sometimes if it's somebody in your face or you're off, you know, right. you're kind of off balance, but that was one he would he had rolled out, he could step into it and let let yeah. it fly. But he, you could tell he just didn't want to overthrow Ja'Kai, and maybe that's just a timing thing because Ja'Kai's only been back for like a week. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting to watch him right now. I, I think Jordan's been good, not great, has a chance to be great. His best day has not happened yet. I think for two quarters against LSU, he was awesome. 
There's the second quarter against Clemson. He's really good. Just hasn't put it together. He's kind of emblematic of the team right now. Like he's been good, but not great. <laughs> but I thought, did you did you watch his post game press conference yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was. I thought he's perfect. I mean, I think he's perfect right now for what for being the leader of this team. Yeah. Because man, it could be you know like listen to Jared Verse and Jared Verse. Somebody asked Jared Verse, you know, do you feel should you feel good about being five and zero? He's like, I feel great about being five and zero. Like Florida State should be that kind of program, and that, right. and, and and that's perfectly fine for Jared Verse and the defensive end to think that way. But I think from a quarterback, you want a guy who's like, no, man, we're not anywhere close to as good as we can be, and yeah. we have to get better here. We have to get better here. I have to get better here, and I think that's what Jordan is giving them. So that's a positive to me. Like it would be better if he was perfect every game. But at least he doesn't think he is. No, and I think he knows, man. He's leaving a few things out there. His days would be even bigger. I mean, those numbers would be huge if he hits. If he leaves, if he throws sure. Jakai open, that's a easy that's to walk, a walk in touchdown. In touchdown. Yeah. That's a huge, you know. And he knows that. And there have been a few of those this year. And he's admitted to that. So it's not like we're pointing out something that he's refusing to accept. You know, I give him credit for that. I just hope that we still see the best version of him, and maybe we will. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the consistency of our message right now is a little bit like what Mike has said and what certain players have said, like, yeah, satisfied that we're winning games. How can you not be? We're five and zero. they've won 11 straight games, but there's more meat on the bone, man. There's more meat on the bone and you just want them to find it before they have to play an elite team before yeah. they play in the playoff, for example, or perhaps the ACC championship game. Maybe that North Carolina team's really good, you know? So oh, like, yeah, yeah. I think they may be. Yeah, and you're going to have to play a good brand of football to beat somebody like that, and we just want them to to win the race to that moment. Like it, you know, if you're if you're not your best against Syracuse next week, guys, they're going to beat Syracuse. Right. They're going to beat Syracuse, but there will come a time where you do have to play your best in order to win a game, and it it's uh, oddly it hasn't happened yet. I bet you if 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 next week they had to play Clemson, Ira they would have to play a better game than they did to beat them. So it's like, we just keep waiting on that. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think the, the good thing is, I mean, from a standpoint of this coaching staff and, and again, the leaders on the team they're because of the success they had last year, but then also the failures last year, this isn't a team. Again, I think back to the 2014 team. That's just a, a reference point for me where yeah. you have a team that's winning, but you don't really feel great about the way they're winning is there was nothing you could say to Jimbo Fisher or those players during that season to make them feel like they had to worry. You know, they thought they could just keep doing what they were doing and win every week and yeah. and just keep doing it, just keep out talenting people. I do like the fact that this team doesn't feel that way. And I don't get the sense it feels that way from anybody. So that's all positive, man. Like, again, you're winning. You can get better. So you're not maxed out. This isn't a team. Sometimes you have a team where you're undefeated, but you know – you could get exposed pretty easily. Oh, it's right. Not, yeah. It's not that situation. It's not a situation where they're undefeated and think they've got it all figured out. So I think all of those things are really positive as you go forward. Um, you know, as long as they continue to get better. Hey man, when does three, two, one come out? That'll be in the morning. It'll be on the website tomorrow morning. Um, so I look forward to it every week. It's the best. You guys go over to uh, warchant.com. Iris three, two, one column will come out. I know he wrote a piece on Benson. Uh, and, and, and Dalvin, it was kind of cool. I listened to the post. I was driving home from the game last night, Ira, and I tuned in to, uh, Tom Block talking about, uh, or he did an interview with, uh, 
Benson. And right. He, said, he goes, I don't know if you've talked to uh, Dalvin. He's Dalvin. like, oh, Dalvin just texted me. I was like, that is so cool. You know, that was great. So, that is cool, man, especially for Dalvin because he's a guy that he's come back once or twice. He hasn't come back a lot because, um, you know, guys, when they're in the NFL, they don't come back a whole lot. Tough, yeah. Um, so, no, it's cool, especially because this isn't the staff he played for. These yeah. aren't, you know, he didn't play with any of these guys. So for him to reach out to Trey, I think is, is pretty cool. And yeah, he's and, a uh, he loves the Knowles. He he's not one of those guys on Monday Night Football talking about it, the high school he went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really uh, and then uh, yeah, we also have plenty of recruiting coverage as well. Uh, Matt Michael out there talking to those guys. They had a big recruit, five star LJ McCray, defensive Stark. lineman yep. out of Daytona Beach, um, who uh, took his official visit this weekend. So that story's up on the site. Uh, KJ Bolden, the big five star DB, who's committed was here as well. And so we'll have that more coverage on that coming as well. And then tomorrow we'll be back at uh, game week. They'll have press conferences uh, tomorrow afternoon, and then we'll be covering practice later this week. Yeah. And then we got Seminole headlines on Tuesday, JCS tomorrow, one to three. I'm sure Wake the guys uh, from Wake Up Warchant got their podcast getting ready to go up and all that good stuff. So plenty of more content, another home game. And in the interim, you can look at this video and laugh your ass off. Uh, and enjoy the fact that uh, Miami somehow, some way, found a way to lose a game that was impossible to lose. And uh, I will never not be satisfied by that kind of a result. So, Ira, brother, appreciate it as always. And, uh, Ben, great job out of you. Go watch Dallas and San Francisco. Ira, I I truly apologize. I <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Baseball, dude, and I did not mean to be an ass. I thought you were messing with me. I was like, oh, no, right, cool. and it would be. I get it. You thought I was being yeah. a sarcastic. Yeah. I was not. I legit. I saw two to nothing. I was like, oh, they're gonna win because I don't. Uh, I blew yeah, it. Man. I blew it. Yeah, our uh, our starter didn't get out of the second inning. Um, so you're gonna yeah. rally back. You're gonna rally back. Oh, I feel good. I feel like this was a cleansing first two games. <laughs> And now, no pressure at all. We're going to cruise through the rest of the Go win the next three, brother. Go win the next three. We'll laugh about this moment that I butchered the beginning of the show. Uh, for Ira and Ben, I'm Jeff. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Peace. Talk to you next time.